0: What's happening, my dysfunctional family members listening? Welcome to the latest episode of View From The Hill. Tonight, my guest is local legend, singer-songwriter, J.J. Reed. Hailing from the Columbus and Toledo areas, J.J. came to Athens in 2002 to study audio production at OU. He started playing music at a very early age and found a knack for songwriting before most kids get their driver's license. The music enthusiasts of Athens are certainly glad he did. He's been involved in more projects and bands than I can count, and I'm pretty sure he's been on every stage Athens has to offer, showing us emotions and lyrics that not every songwriter can muster. So sit back and grab a beer. Tonight, we continue the J.J. Reed story on View from the Hill.
1: I'm on my way.
0: What's happening, everybody? It's View from the Hill. You're listening live. You can listen to it at www.viewfromthehill.com. I'm here with the amazing J.J. Reed. What's going on, my man? Uh,
2: just happy to have
0: made it here via through the fest weekend. Yeah, the number fest. The zombie walk is what I've been reading about so far. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy out there. It, how much I haven't even been paying attention is just like, we were uptown i was at big mama's last night and just looked at my fiance and said you know is, is it a weekend is it is it one of those weekends and she looks at me and goes you you're kidding right
3: <laughs> yeah it's
0: it's number fest well thanks a lot man good to have you here i think we were kind of talking about we haven't really kind of formally met ever sort of at some shows here and there at, at mm-hmm. you know at the bars around uh, listening to music after some dis and and doc city shows i think we've we've talked a little bit and i've definitely i've uh, been catching you playing i mean been able to catch you anywhere I, I first saw you probably it feels like a decade ago on on the stage of casa
2: probably and open mic yeah
0: it was margarita night margarita night and uh that song was double barrel shotgun is that off uh is that off? something you're working on well it's kind of an old thing i just
2: pushed away or i didn't really push it away uh Things happened, Uh, that was a thing I was working on right after I was in the Wheels on Fire, which I'm sure we'll get to something about that later, something, a band I was in. Um, And right before I moved to Nashville in about 2008, we recorded, it was a band called Order of the Spur, with uh, Mapbox, formerly of Southeast Engine, presently of... The Sumners, um, probably other stuff. Oh, uh, he's with uh, Miles Down. Right on. Uh, And I'm probably forgetting more because he's Matt Box. He's amazing. (laughs) Um, uh, It was with him and another friend of mine, Jerry Thomas, who now lives in Cleveland. Uh, But it was a band that we made, and we just practiced all the time on... This house in Vorridge Road—it's yeah. like the first house when you get on Vorridge Road, first one, first one on the left. We just shacked up there, and it's like I was working at Avalanche Pizza at the time, and so every night or every day I'd work at the pizza place, and then I'd go home, and Jerry would call me back. Hey, man, we need to practice. We need to practice. I got boxing in the car. Let's practice. And so we'd we'd come pick me up, and we'd go. Up to Vor Ridge Road, and I'd sleep on their couch, and he'd give me back. Like, I'll give you a ride home in the morning. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, I was, so we record. I and this is when I still had a good recording rig, and we recorded about 15, 16 songs, and then just a bunch of practice sessions. And we had uh, I had a Mac system going with a uh, an eight uh firewire 18 14 and then with the optical out into a behringer uh 10 channel 10 or 8 channel mm-hmm. mixer and so we i think we had 10 to- uh channels total but it right, was you
0: had a lot to play with
2: yeah and it was very kind of duct tape rigged sort of stuff like mm-hmm. but we had it set up and we had the room set up we originally did it in the basement slash garage and then moved it up to the main room and uh, just had
0: lots of time to fiddle around and practice and so i like how you say the duct taped up i mean i always wanted um, i i saw you know pictures of studios and in music videos the microphones that hang down from the ceiling i always hmm. wanted one of those and i'll tell you what i found some pretty creative ways to do to, the same to make thing. One yeah. of those. broom <laughs> handles <laughs> Lots of broom handles and duct tape. So that first song that we just listened to, coming out coming out the bat, like I was saying, that was a double barrel shotgun. That kind of spurred from those times and those recordings. Yeah, up that Ridge. was
2: that was one of those recordings. And like I'm, like I said, I made all those recordings. I still have them on hard drives. I eventually want to get those out. I just, I I have bad luck with computers and I hear you stuff.
0: Just hard drives dying and. Just uh, hey, I'm right there with you. I'm telling you, in, in my little group, you know, with the with the hip hop heads, we're making our music. I have a nickname. I'm called the Beat Deleter. In, in uh, fact, people think that I should make a business called Beat Deleter's, beat, and you, you know, delete you, you it need, for you need, You'll take the you blame for, for yeah. Uh, you need everything you worked on deleted. That's even better. I like that one. Where I'll just you can hire me to take the, the blame. blame. Yeah, yeah. If you delete everything, I'll just say I did it. Because with my track record, it's believable. I'd
2: I'd be the guy that uh, forgot to press record. Everybody got done. We look at each other like, man, that was the most epic thing we've ever done in our entire lives. And they look back at me, I'm like,
0: "Mm, I forgot to press record. I'm sorry. (laughs) So how long ago uh, were those recorded? Did you say, I'm not sure if I heard that.
2: Oh, that would have been 2008. Nine, two 2009, 2009 so early it's been 2009. Been it's been a few years. Uh-huh. but And they got mastered by my friend down in Nashville. I actually finished some of the vocals and a couple other overdubs when I moved to Nashville to try to pursue something. But it was the height of the recession, and I couldn't even get a job at Hardee's. <laughs> it was 45 minutes away.
0: I hear you. Not that I, I wanted I, that I mean, job. during those years, I had a job, I think, at, at one of the dining halls around town.
2: I mean, I moved down there at the exact wrong time, I believe. Like, it just... I would just drive around for six hours a day, just going to nose, or... I have a stack of resumes this big. Why are you better than any one of them? you just be like, I'm here right now, and you could say Yes. And that would be like my best answer, and they'd just kind of
0: chuckle and be like, "We'll call you." I'm like, uh. "So it sounds like you know it was more than just uh, some duct tape, you know, setups going on because it sounds like you had pretty um, impressive, you know, little uh, some some well, equipment there to record with in in the bedroom quote unquote studio." And so well, you've been pretty hard into audio production yourself.
2: Yeah, I mean, I went to school for it. I have uh, I went to here at OU uh graduated uh, yeah
0: yeah let's let's take that back then actually we got a little bit talking about that double barrel shotgun which i love i i do really hope that uh you know you get get something get that out and get that push out because i i love all the tracks that, that you sent me and we're, we're going to hear more uh from that stuff uh a little later on uh but let's take it back you know uh where where are you originally from um uh originally
2: i was born in columbus conceived in tucson arizona by my father from New York and my mother from Georgia. That
0: was a feat.
2: Yeah, I'm all over the place somehow. And so I was there till three and then my dad moved us up to near Toledo outside a little suburb, not so little anymore, uh, Sylvania, mm-hmm. um, kind of a generic uh, suburb, you know, you got every chain
0: restaurant you ever want great place to grow up kids and get fat yeah did you live Uh, in one of the places you know the tiny boxes they all look the same all the houses look the same oh yeah yeah. ticky tacky
2: yeah um more so now where my parents moved it's even more like that even though they designed their own house i'm doing the quote fingers Mm -hmm. they all kind of look the same but it's um I don't know, it's a nice place to raise kids, and
0: good school district, safe. uh, Did you you have music in your life really at an early age No,
2: see, the thing was, there was no place really to get music when I was, we just had to, we'd drive around in the country, and you know, lighten up trees, and just listening to the Grateful Dead and stuff, because like, everything closed at like ten o'clock, mm-hmm. there was nothing, there was no place for young people to do. There was no live venues for unless you went into the
0: city. But at that point in time, it was like, it was like the Limp Bizkit era. How about for you personally did it, um you know, I've had a few guests on that said, you know, uh they started off playing music, sort of it was like a punishment, like they had to do lessons, you know you, yeah. you got in trouble, go play your piano, kind of thing uh, you know, how did it start with you well that's that's
2: where piano started when I was eight um it was uh this old lady's house that my mom it felt like punishment, like you said, and it was just like go down to her basement on a sunny Saturday afternoon. It's 70 degrees out. All I want to be is like running around outside, climbing on trees or kicking soccer balls or something, not in her dungy basement with like stacks of magazines from the fifties that have mildew from the seventies. It's like, and then just also having not only did I have my lessons there, I went with my mom and I had to sit through her lessons
0: your mom was taking lessons also. Yeah,
2: no offense. She
0: wasn't very good. But she was
2: trying. But uh, I just was just antsy. I'm, and I'd have to sit down there. Sometimes they'd let me go upstairs in the sunlight and do stuff. But most days i just have to sit there. And,
0: and it was not well. Li- it was gross. I wish I had a picture of it. Sounds like where every little kid should be on a sunny Saturday afternoon.
2: Well, but even worse was when I would go home to practice. We had our piano in the living room, I'm doing the quote thing again. Um, and the, it was the most stale room in the house. It was like had couches from the seventies that no one sits in for Christmas time. We'd set up stuff there, but other than that place and it had the entire wall was a black mirror. So it was just this kind of dark place with like statues that I always felt like I was going to break. Um, then I'd have to go in there to practice Marietta Little Lamb."
0: It's like <laughs> it's funny in the in the same house, uh, you know, that I just uh, that I just got and I moved into. I uh, am sort of setting up a room that I'm trying to make not like that, but I am finding myself creating a room similar to that. We call yeah. it the sitting room here. And, yeah, and it probably will be filled with trinkets that, if kids come around, they'll be afraid they break. There's a piano out there. Mm-hmm. That's the, the living room, yeah. as we used to call it, where no
2: one lived. <laughs> that was like, because we even, we in our dining, we had an extra dining room, and then, I'm making this sound really ritzy, but we had the living room and the dining room. The dining room had a wall of just white, or just regular mirrors, and the other one had the black, the mirrors, black mirrors, and that was the living room. <laughs> I was like, shouldn't we call this the death room, and that the living room, because you're eating food
0: in the dining room like so even back then though you know you were you were playing piano in this dingy basement you you know it was not really sounding like where you wanted to be but was it catching on was it something that you would find yourself doing still on your own or only when you were forced to
2: no it wasn't until my uh my brother and some of his friends my brother's a couple years older than me they started playing music and uh and they started getting guitars and i was like and a couple maybe of my friends that were younger were getting guitars and i was like hmm maybe i should uh, i'm gonna get a bass so i got a bass uh-huh. it's like that way i'm in the band right you're in so i i got the bass and then i started playing bass started playing in the bands but it was always like I was like, man, I'd rather play the guitar. I was always stealing my brother's guitar. That's actually what made me get the bass first because I kept stealing my brother's guitar like in the middle of the night sneaking in his room. And then one time I broke a string. And so then my parents were like, you got to get your own. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to get the bass because that way I'm in the band. Right. So,
0: you Yeah, people to play with. Yeah.
2: and there were, They needed me. They had to come <laughs> to me. It was just like drummers are always hard to find.
0: So... You went. How how old were you then? At this point, when you started, you know playing on bass and guitar. About I was like
2: 5th grade. I went into an agreement with my dad with lawn mowing money. It's like it's like you can't afford this now, but we'll dock your lawn mowing money mm-hmm. until you pay it off. Yeah, it's like teach me lessons about credit. So mm-hmm. always thanked him for that. That's what enabled me to get all these. Um, guitars and stuff as a kid it was like he wasn't just buying them for me i he was showing me how to earn them
0: right so absolutely i that's, always appreciated that that's the trick there have been many a uh, painted rooms in in my family's house that have been painted uh by me to oh, pay, yeah. for, pay for stuff uh i've painted my my
2: childhood home the outside mainly just the outside my dad didn't trust me on the inside. <laughs> He liked the the hardwood floors. He and he took care of those. So,
0: so does that keep growing then. So you know, it starts with piano, and it's kind of a punishment. And then you find out, you know, ooh, you know, your cool, your cool older brother and his friends are playing. So you want to play. And I mean, I wouldn't the, call him cool. Oh, okay. Uh oh.
2: He's cooler now. Oh God, I hope he's not listening. To this. <laughs> well, you must have. thought he's he was probably cool. You listen. wanted to
0: play with him. You wanted to be in the band. Yeah, but he
2: didn't want to play it. Right? Right. Like, eventually, he got. He's like, this is boring. I want to play more. Sp- sports i'm gonna go play more soccer he's like this is boring what are you doing i was like well i play the sports too but this is interesting
0: so is that kind of what happened then is that sort of what did happen he you know you sort of started playing with your brother and his friends and then they just kind of quit and then you continued
2: yeah uh, as high school went on there was a couple other People that moved into town that kept playing. I've uh, my buddy Cam. I've always kept in contact with. He's still doing great stuff. Uh, but for most part, yeah. I don't know. They, I guess they got more into girls, and I was like, oh, this is a, this is a, this is a plan. Looking for the future. I, I'll get the good girls because right. I'll just play the
0: guitar. Right. They're gonna get the girls now. But if you learn how to play guitar, you're gonna get the quality girls. Later. Yeah. Instead, I just. Ended up
2: learning a lot of songs and then <laughs> forgetting all of them, but oh well, I know how to play music, and
0: eh, music is learning how to do that has taken me all over the world. Did you do anything like you know when you were in high school? did you start any bands on your own? Did you do any kind of uh, were you in band or anything like that uh, I was in uh in junior high, I was in a choir.
2: What do we call that oh uh, i can't remember what it was called it had a specific name ensemble no it I was, it was it,
0: called ensemble it I was
2: it. ensemble something it had some more like <laughs> fancy name like kids choir or something oh, like you that you had a
0: special name for yours
2: no yeah the they is the i don't know they just named the class right. that or something to make it more enticing or something <laughs> i don't know uh, it, it eludes me i i remember singing it though uh no, and then in 8th grade, I think we... 7th po- grade, we played a high school dance. Or not a high school dance, a junior high dance. And then we played off what we called Fun Day the next year. But there was really no places for people to play in our suburb.
0: Well, I mean, level with me, though. When you played that dance, you felt like a rock star. Oh, damn right, yeah. <laughs> I, I,
2: I have this picture taken by my mother, who's behind the band taking the picture and the whole crowd's there and uh-huh. you just see him and you see it behind me and it's I'm the lo-
0: shot that everyone wants yeah, yeah
2: except for you know the funny thing about it is i realize all of those people in the audience they're looking at me and my mother right behind me with the camera <laughs> you have to think about who's taking the picture
0: That's <laughs> good that's good but
2: that's that's pretty rock and roll
0: though. hey you that's know, really rock and roll yeah.
2: if my mom's a sweetheart i love her to death so
0: i almost you know would say that it's probably the most rock and roll thing ever if you know jimmy page had a picture taken by his mom and i bet he does I, I bet, bet he does too, because he was a little guy when right, he was uh, when he was doing skiffle stuff. You know, there's some pictures taken by mom on that, and mm-hmm. that's rock and roll as hell.
2: Yeah, I know there was a, <laughs> I think Life Magazine, I saw did a thing in the '60s where they took pictures of like rock stars like Elton John and I think Donovan, a couple other mm-hmm. ones like that with their parents at that time, and like just kind of
0: to You know, show these people produce these people. It's like. So what hit that spark in your head, though? I want you know, like you're saying, there's not many places um, for for the kids, whatever, to go out. There wasn't much live music happening. It doesn't sound like you'd go on kind of back roads. You guys would listen to the dead and party and and do what kids do in high school. But what made that spark? Because you say you came to OU in 2002 for audio production.
2: Well, uh, once we'll go back again. Okay. Uh, It first started with, I just wanted, I always wanted to be, I I always take uh, my good friend Phil Stamler, who I played, uh, there's stuff on the band camp, the uh, one hitters and papa's uh, workshop. Mm -hmm. That's with him. Me and him spent a weekend or a couple, four or five days recording that in my childhood basement and um so me and him started playing real young in like fifth grade he was the drummer i was the guitar player bass player and so then we played a lot beatles stuff Uh, i was a huge oasis fan i'll admit it Mm -hmm. neil young (laughs) but when you boil all that stuff down it all sounds like early country songs Basically, just a guy and a guitar, Mm -hmm. and so that's what I always wanted was to be able to just be a guy and a guitar. Which, and I also at that time was like Nirvana, same sort of thing. It's like that's where he started on his demos, just a guy and a guitar, Mm -hmm. singing melodies. And I always wanted to do that. Matter of fact, when I first got the bass, I thought I could do that with the bass, and I started (laughs) strumming on it. And the first day I had the bass, snapped a string.
0: That's not how you play that.
2: No, learned that the hard way. Took the bass in the next day, and he's like, What are you doing? I was like, I was strumming it. I was writing, writing a song. He's like, You don't do that. Your lessons start on Monday. So I was like, All right. So I got the new bass string. But I, that's what I always wanted to do. So then that's why I naturally moved to the guitar and then singing. I was not a good singer. I still don't think I am. I just kept doing it.
0: Yeah, well. Never stopped. It's got to be one of those things where the artist doesn't like his voice because I, I love it. I think it meshes well with all of the stuff I've been listening to, and like I said, I love that. I mean, I love that's one of the things I've been loving about doing this show is getting introduced to to new people's music and stuff I really haven't paid as much attention to as I should have, um, because there, you know, one thing that this show is all about um, is is all the amazing music that's coming out of Athens, and uh, you know, yours is is no exception. It's 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 definitely. Definitely some amazing stuff and your voice fits right into it. So I just had to take a time out to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't give yourself too much shit. I love that voice, man. All right.
2: To continue the nerd. Narr- Thank you for that. But to continue the narrative of how it <laughs> happened through high school was I learned how to play by, I was always, I always had good attendance at school, had decent grades, had extracurriculars with soccer and basketball and, uh, when I learned how to play guitar, it was after I got done with my homework. And, like, everybody's in bed, and I'm just learning how to play overnight, just Beatles songs. I I only slept, like, four hours a night through most of high school. Wake up at seven, just a frickin' zombie. It's like, that's how I learned, because I it was something I had to do extra, and that's why I think a lot of my other friends kind of dropped off, is...
0: It was just too much to maintain. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's, I mean, it was a pretty, you know, affluent uh, school system, so it was slightly demanding. I wasn't in any of the honors classes because I learned that I was like, I'll just be smart enough to get the good grades in the regular classes, but not so smart as I have to go into those. <laughs> just enough that the grade point averages look kind of the same, yeah, a good but. Point figured this out real early in high school it's like show up every day get good grades
0: keep quiet you can do whatever you want and you can have plenty of time to practice your guitar and learn beatles songs Uh that's the way i rolled so so you're learning beatles songs so what happened did you start wanting to you know like everyone i remember when i first started making music you know it's like how can you really learn how you sound unless you record yourself
2: that's where we're Recording came was, well, it initially started with uh, my dad being the frugal businessman that he always has been and always will be, even though he's recently retired. Um, he always used to carry, back when I was a kid, he'd always carry with him a micro cassette recorder, just in case he had a good idea, mm-hmm. a business idea. know yeah, my
0: grandfather, I think, had one of those too that he carried around in his car all the time. In
2: the glove compartment, and mm-hmm. so I remember there was... I was always intrigued by that thing. I loved that thing. It was so cool. Because like, he always had it with him. Which is why, fast forward, I love like having a smartphone. Because I can always record something right there. And right. I love that.
0: Yeah. It's absolutely great.
2: As much as they may be spying on us, oh well. At least you can hear the demo for my next greatest hit. <laughs> but I always loved that thing and his uh, glove compartment and i'd always love when he'd go to the laundry mat or something he'd go in and i'd start recording over it, and he'd get mad he's like what are you doing that was my good idea and i was like and there was one day i remember cussing into it and he got real mad at me and then i was like this stuff's powerful so i was like all right and i was kept that in the back of my head but then it wasn't until I was able to get uh, into computers right when like Napster was coming out, like 98, 99, somewhere yeah, that, around that there. That
0: blew my mind, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I had I wasn't that computer savvy, but a couple of my friends were, and uh, they uh, they got me copies of Napster and uh, Fruity Loops mm-hmm. and Cool Edit Pro. And Cool Edit Pro is what blew my mind because I could use my ch- really crappy uh you know microphone that was from my dell computer or whatever yeah, it was the one that came with the computer yeah the little skinny ones yeah the like the, the uh kind of like the bob barker sort of uh-huh. mic sort of thing <laughs> and like i had that and you you could record into it it didn't sound that bad and then you could kind of record direct through the headphone but it was kind of fuzzy but i could do four tracks and that was so cool because i never had a cassette four tracker at uh-huh. that point in time but i had that so i learned how to do that and then eventually i got cassette four trackers and then eventually i got in high school i got uh, like one of those roland
0: uh multi Sixteen track. Would it like Would, print right to CD? Like no, no. On it?
2: See, I was stupid. I got one that went to I, I Omega Zip drive. Zip
0: drive one. One hundred
2: yeah. megabytes. I yeah. thought this is the wave of
0: the future. Right. No,
2: <laughs> this is just the next floppy disk. Mm-hmm.
0: Was like, it was even around for even a shorter amount of time. It seemed like with the I, floppy disk too. I was
2: just glad I was able to realize that quick enough that I was able to sell it for. I don't know, only a hundred or so dollars less than what I
0: bought it. So you had all that? You had these these recorders still in high school?
1: Yeah, it was
2: lawn mowing money and then inheritance from uh, uh, grandparents and aunts that had passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I invested it in all the music stuff. That's where all, any of that money that came from my, my parents are older than most Parents, of they didn't have me until they were in their 40s so their grandparents were all blah 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 this old money trickled down but not a lot of it they weren't well off but, no, yeah, but either way it was okay. well invested
0: so then that makes the decision suddenly audio production is what I want to do
2: well it was like high school ended and I got accepted into OU actually for business in September of that year. And then I changed it before I, because I I didn't know what to do after high school. I was just like, okay, everybody's going to college. I I guess I'll go to college. And I was like, in states cheaper. Um, I visited here once and I was like, wow, this place seems really cool. There's like, a nightlife like mm-hmm. unlike there was in where I came from. And it was small because I never really liked to go to the Toledo uh-huh. when I was high school. I just never liked big cities. I still don't like big cities. I feel more comfortable in smaller knit communities. And so then this had like both, like it had stuff to do, but like I just lived 20, 20 minute walk right there. Right. It's like, and I like that. And I liked that as soon as I got here. it's like there's a cool rock place
0: there, 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 and there. It's like, okay, let's do this absolutely, so, so when you got here, then uh you know, once you show up um finally, how long did it take you to kind of um start doing what you were doing and and putting it out there, meeting people at least, seeing uh other people that were into the same thing that you were trying to make music, you know
2: well, I started very simply by just outside the dorms because you know when you're a freshman here you have to you have to live in the dorms for two years so i met most of the people by just taking my guitar just is when i first started listening to bob Dylan, and i and we had file sharing and stuff and so started listening to all this new stuff and i just learned some of the songs and take them out uh wilson uh wilson hall I used to live there. The one of the songs I think you're gonna play later is Wilson Blues Bridge. Maybe I don't know if you have that one on there or not. I don't know if I do either. Eh, That's if you don't. That's fine. (laughs) But either way, it's uh when I was eighteen or so, I remember just I would sit on that bridge and just because it's connecting Wilson Hall to like some other building, Parks Hall or something. I don't know, whatever. But I would just sit out there, like, even in the freezing cold, and just, like, I'd be known as one of those guys with the acoustic guitar. And then eventually someone said, like, you know, they have, like, places uptown you can play music. (laughs) I was like, like, what? They're like, yeah, they're called coffee shops. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought I was just, okay, whatever. Because I wasn't trying to, like, busk or anything. I was just like. Right. Just playing. Like, I gotta get out of the dorm room. Wanted to start up a
0: conversation,
2: maybe, yeah. or something like that, yeah. And then I realized I played Wonderwall for way too many people.
0: <laughs> way too many. You know what? In my personal opinion, once is enough.
2: Although, although, I, I was telling someone today, or I was telling Marissa, she my friend Marissa, who gave me a ride up here, is... uh. <laughs> I have this idea about tonight, maybe going on the court steps and just busking, Mm -hmm. just only play the song Wonderwall over and over again. Like say, play a Tom Petty song, back. all right, cool. (laughs) And then just go into Wonderwall and just don't stop and like be very like emotional about it, like really kill it.
0: I think if you do that though, you got to go the full nine and, and document it too. So there's got to yeah. be someone there videoing it. Well, so see, you that's, need to see people's reactions.
2: Well, that's that's there's two things about it. You need to, I want I need to have someone document it. And two, I need like a big like dude next to me that yeah. makes sure some other big dude don't smash my guitar. Exactly. Because that's an annoying thing to do. <laughs> but I'd be willing to do it if those two things happen because. That way I could in court I'd have documentation and or insurance on site
0: right absolutely so um do you remember what was the first stage you got on? what was the first open stage? what was the first show um well, the first in in school here when I was yeah, here here, at, uh, here in Athens, what was the first Athens?
2: it was probably.
0: Place you <sighs>
2: I think the first thing was actually a, uh, it was a, uh, it was at Memod, and it was a, uh, like a competition, or battle of the band sort of thing, Mm -hmm. and this is like winter time, my freshman year, I still hadn't gone out to open mics or anything yet, Um, and I won, I think I tied for second or third place. And like we played against, uh, or I played against, it was just me. I played uh, one of my songs and then I played a acoustic guitar cover of Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. <laughs> and so then I won second place and then it was for like the Humane Society. And so do you remember this band? Uh, they were called Story Of? I think I do. They were in it too, I think, and they won first place. And then this girl named Megan something won tied second with me. And it was very surreal because I was just drunk and stoned. <laughs> and, like, my biggest gag was I. it was cold out that time, and I pulled up my shorts, and I was like, were you guys as smart as me? We're long johns. Probably not. So, And it was... Very stupid, and then I was making. I was wearing a red tie, and I was talking about snat the lobster. I was like, same color, same color, and the lobster's going crazy. The crowd's going. Around. I was like, ah, now I'm gonna play a Britney Spears song, <laughs> <laughs> but that was actually probably my first ever performance in Athens. But then after that, I started going to the front room uh, with uh, Bruce Dazell hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love doing that. Always intimidated to play in front of him because he's so good and so humble and just. It's like,
1: it's like, uh, I don't know. I
2: I I just I. What you mean? I just always.
0: He's a great guy.
2: Been humbled by that guy, and then, uh, and then just went from there. It was like the donkey because I wasn't legal age to drink yet, so I wasn't really going to. Blue Gator or Jackie O'Hulies at that point in time. And then Skull, even though maybe you could have gotten rid of uh, going to the Skull. But I didn't know that. I I wasn't privy to that. I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't have quite as full of a beard. I don't know. Or I'm not that cute of a girl. Whatever. (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, eventually I got to the full circuit of once i got through school i started doing the get on the full circuit monday night jackie o's well it was ohulies then and then tuesday skull although actually that used to be on thursdays which would conflict with uh, the donkey and then wednesday casa and then friday was the front room i believe so it would be five days a week at you one point in, in time when i would and i would just and to not bore myself i would uh or not even not bore myself i'd always make myself play new songs but then even the old songs i'd move the capo and just try mm. to make myself play it in different keys uh-huh. and
0: just to keep it change it up
2: yeah and it was like it was like you know flashback to like sports stuff like it's like how can I it's like how can I train myself to do this you know make it harder on myself right. like and, and like,
0: I feel like you got to do that too I mean like you're saying you're doing it sometimes 5 times a week at different places you got to mm-hmm. switch it up a little bit definitely
2: there was only I, a small time I was doing it that r- rigorously but there was a time I was doing that and it was just walking up and down with the guitar was just I don't know how I had the energy to do that. I'm going to
0: put you on a hard one here then. I, I want right. to know right now. Out of all those open stages that were going on back in the day, what, what was your favorite?
2: Mm. Oh. I'd probably have to give it to... Uh, sorry, Junebug. i probably got to give it to Chris Beaster at the Casa mm-hmm. because that was the first one where I really made connections with like Matt Harvey.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
2: remember him, used to book their mm-hmm. awesome lead singer of Geraldine, um, which got me in contact with all the people at the union. And and then eventually the people of the Wheels on Fire that I started playing music with. Uh, so yeah, that was really probably the first one that was like, but then there was also the donkey, early on with josh anastuchio when he would do sound for that that was a big thing knowing him and now he's fast forward a really awesome integral part of the uh, audio production program at ou mm-hmm. which they're doing awesome stuff now but uh but yeah i'd have to i'd have to give it to uh, even though i like i said sorry june even though Junebug taught me lots of lessons about open mic, which I eventually hosted open mic at the Smiling Skull for two straight years. Mm-hmm. So I learned all my lessons from Junebug and Beaster on how to, you know, you know, organize people. And if no one's listening, blah, blah, blah get, get the people,
0: try to get the people listening. Blah, like- Beaster was one of those guys when I first started doing open stages that, I was uh, nervous to play in front of. Yeah. I, I, I felt like, you know, it was almost like to me, and now looking back on it, it's hilarious that I felt this way, but I did. I I felt like I was trying out. Yeah. And he was watching. And yeah. if I wanted to keep coming back yeah. to open stages and I wanted to do anything after this, He's I the needed gatekeeper. to get the Beaster seal yeah. of approval.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no. And, <laughs> and, I, and I think I learned that from doing both sides of it like i think when i was at the skull people would like they'd be intimidated by me and i just remember just being like, <laughs> I, I am not intimidating at all like it's like i'm the guy that just let a uh, a guy play a cd player with headphones on yeah. and then sing the lyrics
0: <laughs> beaster i love you and i re- i respect you and you do whole power at those things but it, it makes me laugh that I was intimidated to play in front of that awesome guy. That, that he's so I much, saw him this he's afternoon. so much fun. And
2: I did. I I <laughs> I, I, uh, I saw him today. Uh, he was in front of Casa, and I just said, I
0: said, hey, look how crazy it is." That he's like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> <laughs> I take. I want to take a timeout. I want to get back to talking about this this stuff and and more of your activities that you're doing here in Athens. But I also want to take a break to to listen to some of your music you've been playing. You just recently um kind of released. Um, and I saw that you were sort of pushing it hard. You claimed it was an experiment when I was seeing yeah. that the little, uh, you know, you were getting some people were saying, "Oh, you're sponsored because you, you you bought some uh, some advertising on Facebook for it." What's that EP called that you uh, that you just dropped again?
2: Something uh, blue, turning blue. Turning it's, blue. It's something I redropped, but yes, it was a a Facebook experiment. I I saw that you can because I'm I keep worrying about uh nowadays you need to have a internet presence Mm -hmm. like that's in the what do they call they call it branding Mm -hmm. and all that stuff i am so bad at this stuff but i'm trying to try Mm -hmm. like it's like you know all the hashtags even confuse me hashtag sorry not sorry um (laughs) but um i'm trying uh but it's just like it was just an experiment for like a week And it, it showed me like the statistics, like from what I paid, it was like $15 Mm -hmm. for a week and it just, I don't know, showed more people or something. And it was like, they had, it was like organic and paid, paid and then total. And the paid was like 10 times what the organic was. And I was like.
0: Okay, I guess that means the money worked, but why? Yeah, yeah, it would never have had to happen if they decide, you know, if they wouldn't have decided to go public and to make a profit. They just decide like, well, instead of showing your stuff to all the people who want to see your stuff, you have to you have pay, pay a little s- bit extra. And so then- I'm learning this. This yeah. is the but this is I mean, this is the future though. This is I mean,
2: uh, the the political stuff has been using the internet for and facebook for and it's been
0: working for certain people hey, I, I hate like, to break it to you but this is the now we don't even know what the future is right? yeah, yeah you know this... okay
2: true <laughs> very true very true very true you're dating yourself a little bit yeah. and you say
0: hey man this facebook thing is the future <laughs> <laughs> All right, touche. So we're going to take a little time out. We're going to listen to that. Uh, Turning Blue, uh, this uh, sort of Boys re-released like or new released project uh, you've got out there. You can find it on your band camp. You've been talking about your band camp. Where is that? You got that memorized? You can shout that out right now. I think it's. Bandcamp.com slash JJ Reed. It's probably JJ is See, probably what it is. I dated myself again. That's all right. <laughs> you said you're not the man to do it, but at least you got it up there. So you guys can go listen to Turning Blue at JJ We're going to listen to a few here. First, we got Got a Hold of Her. We got Come Down Baby. And would you stay? We'll be right back. This is View from the Hill. You're listening live. www.viewfromthehill.com We'll be right back. you're listening live it's view from the hill www.viewfromthehill.com i'm sitting here with jj reed we're talking about his time in athens and all the all the uh, open stages he was getting on he was even getting on you know sometimes for a small time you're saying what it was like five five nights a week sometimes you know at, at the yeah. donkey and at, at, down at the skull and at, at casa and, blue gator yeah at the gator so you're getting all around so during that time did that lead to uh to any more than than just your solo stuff where you start getting in with bands meeting people
2: yeah i mean that's that's really where you a great place to meet there was a time where it was uh we used to call it high school again with uh jess kaufman from uh duke jr in the smoky boots and then now mobile homes they're in columbus i believe now um Her, my buddy Jerry, who played with me with the Order of the Spurs stuff we've been listening to. Um, Tommy Stump, who plays with Bonsai. Uh, What? Oh, his band. They went by Night Sweat. Cosmos, sorry. With um, uh, June Bugs also in that, also. Um... Mike Flynn also is in that band but I have to name either way. Um also of Corbin Marsh band. Um but no I met like Corbin Marsh via open. I met so many people via open, Mike. You just I mean, so
0: so how does it so how does it go for you? I mean I you know I I don't know if it's different or the same cuz when I when I went in it was mainly like you know like the the hip hop shops we were doing was kind of how I was meeting people and it was sort of just you go up and you perform and then you get off stage and suddenly you've got friends. Is yeah. That is that sort of, you know, what it, what it was like for you, you get yeah. up there not really knowing anyone at first and then play a few of your ditties and then people yeah. like
2: you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the first couple
0: times not so much, no. you know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but after a while and they start seeing you over and over again, especially the hosts, uh, like June Bug, uh, Beaster, catfish who is with Beaster, and mm-hmm. Josh Anastuccio, uh, Troy Gregorino, uh, Bruce Dazzell. Yeah, are uh, you talking
0: to Josh Antonuccio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, he. The I three think. Three Elliott?
2: Yeah, he owns Three Elliot yeah. now. Yeah, him and uh, oh, the one of the other owners of the Donkey, they co-own it. I. That's believe. right.
0: I uh, forgot about that.
2: Oh, I always I feel like a dummy for not feel, remembering
0: their name but yeah, oh. I always I always you know hear Josh's name out there. And yeah. Josh is an absolute great guy. Josh, if you're listening to I'd love to have you on as a guest.
2: He would be well, a good guest. Tell him a, to bring all his guitar great guest, pedals. Great guest. He always has amazing assortment of guitar pedals and he and he puts them in a circle in front of him and I'm just always amazed like how do you keep that straight?
0: <laughs> like, how do you
2: know what i know they have lights on them but uh, he played with but, his
0: band when i did that uh rise of the phoenix uh benefit kind of oh, thing for, okay, for the uh, union playing uh, with jesse remnant maybe i think so
2: i think it could be wrong
0: he killed it it was a rocking show it cost yeah
2: oh he played with uh
0: oh it like the the his old band or his space band. dog yeah i think yeah I think space that's dog it was. jake uh jake householders band see josh if you come on the show you can correct me and tell me exactly what that band name was because i should remember love to have him on the show he's a good guy
2: <laughs> no there he's a great guy i always i always, for years i have a confession to make when i was young and i was like 18, 19, when he was doing open mic stuff and he was just opening up 3 Elliott Studio, he gave me on a piece of paper his name and his phone number. And I stuck it in my wallet and I kept it there for years. And I was always too shy to call it. I should not have been, but I was always too shy to call it. I was just like, I remember I'd like pull out my gas card or my speedy rewards card and be like... (sighs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm good. I, I'll put it back. I just I was never confident in audio production stuff.
0: And I mean, but... he, and he and he's just absolutely amazing at what he does. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it is. It's another one of those intimidating situations. But it, so meeting all these people at the um, at the local, you know, at, at the open stages. Did this uh, did this make a rise? to... I know one of the bands you were in was uh, the Wheels on Fire, right?
2: Yeah, that uh, the the actual. Into that band was the guitar player Tall John Garris. That's my nickname, not his or whatever. He was just tall, so I called him Tall John Garris. But I actually—he was the first person I met in Athens uh, during college orientation. We uh, everybody—we were all in a room, like thirty people. Went around the room. We all like said like they asked us to introduce ourselves say what music we liked and then we all went on a tour and then i remember just me and him just shooting the shit about music just being like having similar tastes i was like it's like he's like yeah i play the guitar i was like i play the guitar so you know so i became friends with him he was in the same school as me and we uh were friends the whole time and then he knew I played music and stuff and then he joined a, brand, a band wheels on fire uh like our would have been our senior year or i guess fourth year i guess if you want to just do it that way <laughs> um but uh they needed a bass player wanted a ba- they were doing a four piece but like we want a bass player cuz they were going down to record in Nashville so then they asked me and they knew I could play the bass i had
0: not to strum the bass anymore yeah i learned that like guitar
2: yeah and well i learned well what i learned is i've heard
0: that that's really all you need to know to be a bassist
2: well what i've actually learned is you actually can strum it you just have to do it correctly like (laughs) uh les claypool probably does some strumming (laughs) stuff but you gotta have the touch um and i did not have the touch when i was a kid obviously (laughs) obviously but uh no, I I had a crappy bass, but I just borrowed Mike Cheney's, the the lead singer, head of the band, just borrowed one of his basses, and they needed a bass player, and they knew I could play. I had a bass amp, and I was like, willing to do it. And so I was at a crossroads. I was graduating college, and I was joining this rock and roll band that like, had some, like, you know... St- yeah forward motion going towards it like they Absolutely. had a record deal and stuff so i was at a crossroads in my life where i was working for wub as an assistant for this an audio engineer guy named jeff liggett and he basically said he's like well i'm leaving to move away with my girlfriend It's like you can pretty much have my job i'll just recommend it you for it and as long as you pass your interviews blah blah, blah i've taught you how to do this job basically yours Mm -hmm. and that was my understanding at the time and then or i could go with the rock and roll band but he said i couldn't do both because one of the obligations of the job was Mm -hmm. the the sports games on saturdays and sundays you know uh you'd be the in-between between between the live feed and then the commercials right? or something. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to sit there every weekend. So in other words, I couldn't travel on the weekends with the band, so it was kind of like one or the other. And I just told him I was like, I'm going to go with the rock and roll band because I could always maybe get a job like that. But here I am, this band's about to travel to Nashville to record with Teddy Morgan, who's a fairly well-renowned blues guitar player who actually ended up being uh, a guitar player in Kevin Costner's band. Ooh, drop dropped Big. that. <laughs> but either, way, he was a super awesome, talented uh, producer guy, and we got to go record with him, and, and then balls started rolling for the wheels, and ended up traveling through Europe. I went with them one time, and then after I stopped playing with them, they went to two more times and then awesome
0: when you were with them where all over in europe did you travel with them what was that tour like
2: it was seven different countries in like 28 days wow it was like it was a whirlwind it was like i forget how many kilometers but it was a it was a whirlwind i uh, i kept a journal the entire time and i'm happy i did that even though i look back and i'm like god damn i was kind of an asshole <laughs> kind of full of myself yeah, but at least i uh i know all the good hash bars to go back to when that's i that's good that's that's
0: important so, to
2: know no no it was really fun like traveling uh, and playing music overseas in europe anyway was totally different because Back, I mean, this is years ago, maybe austerities changed this or something, but years ago they gave like venues like say the Union
0: or Casa. they gave them government money for the from the for the arts right that's how that is in a lot of countries. That's even like that in Canada,
2: yeah, and so then what would happen when we'd go to play these shows? We'd get paid well, and then on top of that, we'd get fed and we'd get drinks we'd uh and we'd get lodging mm-hmm. they often every club would have like uh an apartment right above it where they would the bands would stay and they'd have catering and stuff and it was like totally different than here when we when we traveled around here it was just like how much mcdonald's can we eat oh yeah not too much because we didn't make very much we gotta have gas money <laughs> it's like or we're gonna eat bologna sandwich
0: in a walmart parking lot that would blow my mind that's what i've heard i mean a lot of kind of you know uh you know i'll do the quotes now an un- unknown musicians yeah. i mean they they have some successful european tours because of those things
2: yeah you're exotic it's funny right. it's like
0: you're, you're from america and they have the money to spend on it and so they they pay for it i can't imagine um what was, i do in that kind of situation it was
2: so fun money. there was one small little town small like uh boating town it has a name with way too many vowels in it, um, but it was a small little like docking town that eh, we had to play a show there, and then we had a show later in Rotterdam, which is a bigger port city. Um, but oh my God, those people fucking loved us! Like <laughs> as soon as we got there, they treated us like kings. They like took took me up to this like place where i was just sitting there like a freaking king smoking two joints of two different kinds of weed <laughs> and drinking coca-colas out of glass bottles like i'm american <laughs> it's like king american because it was like oh it was just and it was like these steps that went up to this like uh, almost attic part of a a building that was right next door to the bar, and so i'm sitting up there like, none of the band were like, well, we'll pass on that. And they're like, well, whoever wants to smoke, go with Hans. And I. so I went with Hans. And the rest <laughs> of the band and the tour guide, or the band manager, she's just like, ah, you're good. But then eventually they got, like, curious. And then they see me, like, at this, like, top of this, like, Nook with this light like shining behind me, and I have my Coca Cola and I'm smoking a joint. I'm like, "Welcome to Shangri-La." You and Hans
0: are like best friends. Yeah,
2: Hans is just like, "We give you another
0: one." <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man, listen up, Schwartz. This is what's happening. Somehow we got to get on the phone. Dysfunctional family in Europe. Get tour. to Europe, yeah. We got to do it, Tito. We got to do doc City. Mm-hmm. Dysfunctional family over in Europe. We'll you'll be go. exotic. You'll be Pol- exotic. Pulling you back to Athens. Um, I know that there was an awesome uh skate competition that Moss would put on and I think he even would call that the Wheels on Fire competition. Please tell me, did you guys play at that? Um, did Wheels on Fire while in Athens? Did they not, ever play at the Wheels on Fire skate competition?
2: Not while I was in town?
0: Cuz I always Well, not while they
2: not did. not while I was uh in the band, but I think I could be totally wrong. I'd have to ask Mike, Susan, John, or Matt. I'm pretty sure they they would have gotten on that irony
0: and made it happen because I remember the first. I thought for sure it did, but I never know. But I always connect it for some reason. Well,
2: there was a couple times when I was playing with them that were like, it's like people would ask us or ask me like oh i see you're playing at the skate park i'm like no that's uh and they're like it's uh, it's different it's like but maybe they did i would i know the only thing i can remember is uh zach fuller's band and uh the d-rays playing at the skate park that's the last memory i have of bands playing there
0: (laughs) so what were some uh so you you, it sounded like you had some extremely fun times those wheels on fire did you guys ever record anything
2: yeah uh yeah there's two records you can find them well there's two records i was on uh one called i think just self-titled wheels on fire uh and there you can find them on spotify itunes um and then probably pandora maybe even and uh oh uh then they, they had one record and maybe another EP after. So maybe three records total. Two of them I was on. I was the bass player. I didn't have any of my songs on them, but uh, just playing with them taught me a lot about music and really got me into the union. Like meeting like Scott Winland and mm-hmm. seeing great bands like... Uh, the Dragline Brothers, uh, anything Scott's ever involved with. Uh, God, now I know it's the Blam Blams. Uh, I never saw Geraldine. That was his first band that, with Matt Harvey, like I was saying. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting his other band because, well, I'm just an idiot. What the heck? Do you remember? Nah. Drop Dead Sons. Drop Dead Sons. There we go. Fucking love the drop dead. So Chris I love Berget. everything
0: that Scott's involved in. I mean, even all the booking he does over at the Union. Um, I like the. I like the. The recently, it seems like he's got a regular um, lady that he's been bringing in town. The, the Shilpa Ray. Oh yeah, um, she's,
2: he's been bringing her. She she's she used good. to be on
0: uh, in that band, Beat the Devil, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was in a, a little. She's three-piece. fiery. She's great. She, she likes Casa
2: too. She likes to. Yeah. I, I work at Casa, so I, mm-hmm. I I know. Good breakfast, but no, she fucking. Uh,
0: I have yet small, to make it small little
2: girl, but big voice. I know. I
0: went and saw her at the Union when she was with Beat the Devil, and uh I, I was blown away. You know, went online right away and bought, bought albums, bought what they were doing the there.
2: harmonium and thing.
0: Yeah, just exactly. Killing it, yeah, killing it. And also, I have yet to go to the Bloody Mary bar at Casa.
2: Oh, you gotta go to the Bloody Mary bar. I love, Jeez. I love working my prep shifts during the Bloody Mary bar because Tito will always bring mini cheeseburgers to me. He's like, "You gotta test them," I'm like, you know,
0: no problem. It's like, I got gotcha. you. I can like, do that.
2: And they're always delicious. Yeah, I don't. I don't Is think that
0: Tito's it's, creation? That whole the whole Bloody Mary sun, you know, Sunday. It
2: was, uh, I believe, it was Tito, Mike Flynn, and. I think Pokey might have had a part of it in the beginning. Oh. But now, since Mike Flynn's moving on to working more at Jackie O's, uh, Chris Seymour from, you know, multiple bands, uh, fucking uh, Bonsai, mm-hmm. plays with the Water Witches sometimes. Uh, I don't think
0: I've ever heard. Uh, I've never checked out the Water Witches. Oh,
2: no, they're really good. They uh, If you like, uh, I just, uh, T-Rex. If you like T-Rex, you'll totally like <laughs> like their I I hope that's not insulting uh, <laughs> Charlie and Ethan, but if you like T-Rex, I think you'll like Water Witches. I like their record, which they just uh, got on vinyl today, or they received it in the mail yesterday, just in time for Record Store Day oh. today. But did you, did you stop by all us
0: today? No, see, I'm not a... i'm not trying to call you out because i didn't stop by no
2: i don't i don't buy vinyl or anything i i maybe have like a little cassette collection going on Uh but i've moved too many times and having a big they're heavy and just (laughs) like i have a huge cd collection i haul around that's enough and and now i i do the uh apple music Uh it's kind of like the spotify the ten dollar a month thing it's good enough for me
0: i love it i am also an apple music subscriber
2: minus i can't get neil young on it
0: right well
2: but you can find
0: most neil young on youtube Uh,
2: you can find it
0: i don't know i you know i love what he's doing but i was kind of bummed when he's kind of all against the streaming thing
2: well he invested so much in his bullshit pono thing right which that that that's like the uh that's What's the, the that's the that's the jitterbug of you know what jitter bug <laughs> is? That's the jitterbug of MP three players. <laughs> like, come on, Neil, young. Man, used to be
0: young. <laughs> Just go to Neil old. So I mean, um obviously then you were saying that wheels on fire really taught you. You know a lot, and got you involved more in the scene. And so, then what sprung up? Did uh, did a band of yours ever 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 happen? So that you were playing your songs, or was it on to uh, other projects? Well, what happened was,
2: I realized in hindsight, I didn't I didn't play the game right when I was with the Wheels on Fire. Is a I was just. I was just having a fun time, kid in Candyland. Just I was sex, drugs, alcohol, and a little didn't really pan out much with the sex, but I did double with the uh, drugs and uh, the alcohol. I had I had fun with those two. I never really good with the other, hence the Turning Blue record, I suppose. Uh, And I was a bass player, so I was dead in the water anyway.
0: Yeah, it's over.
2: You just pay for the pizza, get them off your porch. Before
0: it even began? Yeah,
2: but either way, I, I, I didn't. I, w- if I could go back, I would have been more attuned to like the business of what they were doing. I would have memorized people's names. I would have networked. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I was just like, I I'd meet, that's... I'd meet people, and I'd just be like, "Where's the drink deal?" It's like, <laughs> "Who's the guy with the little green baggy?"
0: How like, big is our tab tonight?
2: Yeah, it's like, it's like, when do we play? Like, I can't wait to just fucking play my bass guitar. That's all I'm here for. Oh, I mean, just...
0: I, I think in general, I mean, it, it's interesting when you do start to get into it to realize how small the music industry really is it's a small world and so yeah. networking is important and then even just to get back and well, you know the involved in the athens music scene it's even smaller everyone yeah. knows everyone
2: well and then what i also realized is like and i didn't necessarily keep specific connections but i realized from other friends of mine that have traveled from here is like the bars that we played while on the circuit that probably especially in america that Scott Winland basically helped us mm-hmm. and maybe uh he probably would have got some maybe help uh, Mike did all the booking I believe Mike and Susan um from the wheels they did all the booking I imagine they got help from Scott and maybe Tim Peacock and and so but there's only so many bars that cater to this that kind of music right. around the country and so it's like, it, it like you said, it makes the world smaller. Mm. It's like, I just personally didn't really keep a Rolodex like I maybe hoped I would have mm-hmm. thought fully would have. You didn't so have that iPhone yet. I didn't, no. Right. I still have that damn flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many, It's too much waiting on, it's like the three number thing, like waiting on it. It's like, ah, uh, before click, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no I and so my advice to it younger people going out is just wherever you go and you get to travel remember those people's names and be annoying almost like keep in their world like right it's it'll only help you in the long run they will remember you if
0: um that. So so yeah, you've you've been talking about some other things, and we've been listening to some people. But I so I wanted to talk about this though. I mean, um, it sounds like you're kind of trying trying to get this a little out. I want to know you. You messaged me said I've been with some other bands. I've been with you know Order the Spur. We've been hearing some stuff um, off that. Uh, You know you did some stuff with the Corbin Marsh Band, Um, Milk, um, uh, the Sixty Fives, Punishment, um, Super Tape, the. Uh, yeah. The band Black Whale. Yeah. Um. It just. I mean. The the list seems to to go on. So it. You were involved in quite a bit more too, right?
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about all most of those that you said they're, apart apartfully attributed to this town, is very transient. Uh,
0: people come in, they do stuff, and then they leave. They leave. And I feel like I have a new set of friends every. Yeah. four or five years almost uh-huh.
2: yeah yeah it's, it's same idea it's like like milk was a band that happened real quick order the spur happened real quick super Day happened real quick all the people are still in town but it was like we're all doing different things and it's just that
0: falls apart
2: and uh
0: do you think that kind of plays into how Athens is, you know, as great as the Athens music scene is, and there is a great Athens music scene. Do you think just the, the naturalness of people coming and going is the reason why no, you know, no, there's a great music scene, but no great bands come out of Athens. Really. It doesn't seem like overall. And I apologize to all the great bands out there. Um, and I hope you know what I mean though. You know, they're always big in this area. No,
2: it's a, I understand. I think I understand from my perspective, it's, uh, it's a great place to pass through. Right. And not, once again, not getting the people that are still here. I'm one of them. I'm still here. It's like, I'm Absolutely. not not putting that down at all. Because, God, there's like, I can't wait for the students to leave this summer. There's going to mm-hmm. be lots of great local music coming out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. And I always love that. And matter of fact, like, just this past year, there's been so many good records, like The Water Witches. Uh, New We March record came
0: out. See, there's that Water Witch. Not, not We
2: March, I'm sorry. But uh, there you're saying Water Fucking March. weird science, weird science. Right. I'm, I'm just wishing for a new Weird March. <laughs> Hear that, Curtis? Weird March. We March, come on. Another record. <laughs> um, make Curdy Clean. Something. So, either way. Um, so many good records that have come out in this town in the last year, but some of those people are probably going to move on.
0: Right.
2: As it always happens, like you ever heard of Sportfish in USA? Nathan Moore played with uh played with the Blam Blams.
0: I know the Blam Blams, but See,
2: so he uh, long hair mustache. Right. Man, check out uh his stuff Sportfish in USA, really good. Oh, another one I want to plug because I really love this fucking record. I've been driving around with it in my tape deck. Uh is uh Oh, uh Ashley Rhous's project the uh oh, pseudo recordings uh what does she go by? uh oh well, either way, Ashley Rodas, oh, I'm forgetting it, but i'm I've been listening to her recordings all time springtime lover fucking
0: goddamn seems like you really you know you're 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 definitely. Uh, you've got your finger on the pulse of a lot of this this local music. So if somebody wants to get um, involved and they want to be hearing these records, how do they do it? Do they go to somewhere like Hoffas and find it out? Do they do they go around town and just start um, listening to some music that's around town? You know, what would um, you advise anyone that well, really wants to hear these I, awesome records?
2: Uh, the the funny thing is is I haven't been going to shows in like a year and a half uh i'm just i work at casa and i see it all the time right. um wishbone wishbone is yeah. the is either way there you um go. sorry <laughs> my brain my brain works sometimes <laughs> you figured um, it out. but uh no i really haven't been out honestly since the union burned down i kind of i work eight in the morning so i don't really stay out very late and mm-hmm. i i realized once i started turning 30 i was like man i get tired a lot easier i definitely cannot work a full day and then do open mics five days a week (laughs) especially when i'm walking to and from where i'm going carrying the guitar with me it's just not i could do it but i'd be miserable in the morning and um but yeah i but uh for people to go see stuff it's easier and easier i think it's just there's a facebook diy group i believe that talks about a lot of house shows um then it's just go to open mics go go to casa open mic uh once the union comes back just hang out there you'll hear about cool hear stuff just just there. like well it's not even hear music but hear about great music because that's what that place was always for. It's like, even if they're not telling you great music, they're like, well, oh, there's a cool show there. That's just, it's just the. What I liked about the Union was it was. It's not like a towny bar, but it's not a college bar. It's like where that comes into. The cool college kids come there. By cool, I mean the ones who are self-assertive uh they know what they're doing they're i don't know they're not just following crowds they're individuals mm-hmm. they come there and then they meet up with just townies that are weird kind of i don't know how to they've say it and out they've lived people well, like lived. art art people and music people that mm-hmm. are you know just kind of weird but not totally you know how it is you absolutely know? it's like it's like that's why i love that place and it's a great place for that that we've been missing that and that's like you know that's where to get the culture or whatever i guess i
0: cannot wait for it to open i know you've been hearing things i want to put you on the spot again when are they opening back up i know you've been hearing things
2: uh, from what i've been hearing is it's just a matter of uh getting things to fall in line like insurance people with contracting people because they you know they have to get i'm guessing they have to and this is nothing specific i've talked to any other i'm no one's on the line this is just hearsay from what i'm hearing is just it's just the natural uh the way things are now and you can't nothing's easy you have to go through this person has to get checked by this person you have to make sure uh this is satisfying code so then these people can right. come in and do their stuff and like the carpenters got to be finished before the painters come in but then the painters are booked for this and it's like just i i am glad i am not <clears throat> uh the owners of that place Trying to figure out that stuff because I'm sure it's maddening. Did you ever
0: think about getting into politics? That was a very well. That was a political answer. I really like that. That was that oh, was really I'm a well good done. You didn't you didn't give us anything there. I, <laughs> I, I know you hear word on the streets. That was really good. There's a lot of ins and outs. A lot of what have yous. <laughs> you know. I I'm think a... as soon as they get things in order, then they'll be ready to <laughs> open up. <laughs> I'm a good talker. I know that. I
2: I've talked my i've talked myself into a lot of shit and then talked myself
0: directly back out of it sound like you write professional sports you know after interviews i just i just you know yeah i thank god that we went out there and we played great as a team i think you know when it comes down to it we scored more than them and we're able to get them to score less than us so that's why we came (laughs) out with the win (laughs) but i'm happy i was just
2: happy i was here and i'm happy you're here can we just hug it's like you
0: know <laughs> well man it's pretty cool that the first performance you had was on memod that's a hell of a first performance and then it sounds like you basically it was performed. shit i was
2: scared shitless you, and that's, and that's why i made everywhere. those bad
0: jokes i was just like i was like uh, look at my long johns. so i've got so, to ask you i'm gonna put you on the spot again time to hurt feelings maybe but what's the best stage to play on uh you know that you've been able to play on in town oh
2: um probably i mean i have to say the union i'd have to and i'd even say that just acoustic like playing by myself in front of like a rock crowd like they're ready like i'm opening up for i remember opening You remember a band called the buffalo killers from cincinnati
0: i don't know if i do or you you're hitting me with some hard ones sorry sorry uh
2: but the buffalo killers really awesome band out of cincinnati uh but i got the pleasure of opening up for them and they're they got like big double stack amps and stuff and then i'm just coming out there with the, the crowd just ready guitar. to get amped and then Here there's comes. me and they still like listen they mm-hmm. is it's like and it's it's like the donkey they'll listen but it's like an awkward listen cuz it's like I'm not of their crowd to a degree. I just kind of stumbled in. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was just drinking a couple PBRs at the Union. Sorry. Yes, I probably smell like a little bit of beer. But, damn, ease up on the latte. Your leg's going nuts, So <laughs> um, I go in there and I play. And they're they're listening. They're quiet and they're intent. But there's something when you can get a rock and roll venue like the Union to sit and listen to whatever kind of music I do. Like, because I've done the rock and roll stuff and I love that stuff. I love getting loud. Mel loved getting loud. Wheels on Fire loved getting loud, but I don't really like, I don't feel comfortable in a coffee house. I don't even drink coffee, personally. I just don't. I, I don't drink much caffeine. Um, but being able to play that kind of music in a rock and roll venue like that is that's cool for me. I just like
0: that. I love that. I think they're kinda of winning right now. If we're if we're gonna put another tally on the board at View from the Hill, I think uh the union is the is the place that everyone loves. But hey, maybe that's a little bit of nostalgia. We all miss it and we want it to come back. That is the best stage I've ever been on. Best crowd. I mean but, best group of people. I love everyone here. I love yeah. everyone in town.
2: That also being said, I also Josh work, Brown. I at work. Casa. At, I work at Casa, so it's kind of like. Eh. <laughs>
0: hey, I don't mean to put that down because like <laughs> I said, Josh Brown at Casa. Um, I mean, I consider him when I'm, you know, when I'm going out around town. Uh, a close, a close, uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, and uh, he's doing awesome stuff. Uh, when he does sound over there, I always love it. If if Josh is doing sound, it's great. When he's booking. Like I said, Costa's been awesome with the guarantee and money. We the last two shows me and Schwartz had there, we we're like, this is nice. Actually getting paid for doing something. Yeah. This is definitely all good. these
2: years you spent doing something, you actually get paid for it. Go figure.
0: <laughs> so um do you get to do any partying at Casa And seeing any any bands You know You said you, you work there So you're hearing about it all the time Do you mean you're hearing about it You just see the chitter chatter going up Or do you get to enjoy any of the shows Working there I mean I Because I know Tito's kind of like Not allowed to drink there and, Oh you know, well no Which I, I love having shows with him there I
2: That's don't, I don't, uh, I, don't, uh, I, don't uh, I don't I
0: don't I don't I don't uh what's the word i don't uh i don't know he's looking for this political answer again though i there, I, there I go no i don't
2: uh i don't shit in my own bed right
0: like it's <laughs> like i don't
2: if i really were to have my party place it's, right now it's tony's probably if i was gonna be a bad person and do bad things and i wouldn't actually do that sorry tony's you know i wouldn't um I don't even drink liquor anymore. I'm just a beer guy. Um, For personal reasons. But uh, No, but it's more just like... And I still actually have... My next two shows I have booked are at Casa. Mm -hmm. So uh, the May 4th, early show, Wednesday, 6.30. And a cover-up show for Merle Haggard Tribute the 21st of may i believe
0: where's okay both at casa both at casa
2: um so i'm not against playing at casa, but like i said i'm there every day Absolutely. well five days a week and i don't you know it's yeah it's just like it'll be so cool once the union's back and like it'll probably make it me feel more comfortable playing at the casa it's just right. kind of like i'm it's because i know that wednesday show i work that wednesday morning so i'm going directly from the prep kitchen
0: right
2: to the stage stage i might get a little respite depending upon how long the prep thing is so i can go to tony's for a little bit but pretty much i'm going from kitchen to
0: stage and yeah, I don't want to put anything down with the venues. Everyone's been great. Everyone with, I mean, with the fires happening, all the all the uh, venues have been awesome at working together, mm-hmm. uh, allowing bartenders to come bartend, uh, playing more music, um, I think than normal. I mean, I you think got at the first, tap room uh, opening up. Yeah, yeah. The tap rooms doing awesome. Yeah. I need yeah. to visit there more often. Oh, I, we're I've playing.
2: We're playing times. that the. I think I got the date of the Merle Haggard thing wrong. Either way, we're playing. Me and my. My friend Tracy, we're playing, we'll do the Merle Haggard thing that Saturday, and then that Sunday we're doing the Sunday fun day at the tap room.
0: You'll be playing the Sunday fun day, and yeah, Ratushan's been doing some awesome things. Those Sunday fun days sound like a lot of f- fucking fun fun yeah. Redundant. <laughs> well, yeah i definitely want to stop in uh, more than i have been because it's usually just walking in to find somebody walking in and say hi or something and mm-hmm. i haven't spent enough time down there at all they're doing something awesome i think that whole area down on stimson can kind of get um a whole facelift yeah, you yeah. Know? and things could start getting really cool i mean I, I know that area
2: over there they've talked about putting in like a retirement home like no put more youth there and then they just like, already
0: had you know they've got that Dreams place going on so there's yeah, that that. yeah where the, the
2: luxury thing yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: and that I've been hearing some really great shows have been happening there and that's actually been a really, really yeah, I saw cool like
2: Emerson in the Bright at Night played there I believe yeah on Palmer Fest I think and I was <laughs> like that's right there
0: in the heat I was that'll like be, <sighs> that'll be right in the thick of it no, I mean, uh, that's a great location. Why strip not? Strip club's not it's, there. No, and,
2: and nor should there be a right. strip club there. That would be, I mean, just really imagine how that would work out.
0: Yeah.
1: Right off Let's actually strip.
0: sit down and think about it. Yeah. Palmers
1: Yeah. <laughs> not so good.
0: Oh man, well, I want to take another time out because we need to listen to some more of this music. We've been talking about this music, mm-hmm. you've been playing, we we've, we've been hearing a lot of stories. We need to hear a little bit more of the tunes. We're going to listen to some more of the tracks off that Turning Blue uh EP, excuse me. Uh, so we got Table for 1 coming off mm-hmm. that um, so long. And then a song you were really kind of hoping I wasn't going to play, the 518. You said you don't like that song.
2: No, but I'll let you play it because.
0: Is there a reason you don't like that song?
2: Oh, it's just. I mean, the reason why it's titled 518 because it sounds too much like a fucking diary entry. (laughs) Because it basically is. But the music behind it's good, and I'm sort of suspect on the vocals, but. I like I like playing the electric guitar, so I got that going.
0: I like it. I like it. Hey, you guys out there listening, you be the judge. Table for One, So Long, and 518, the next three tracks we're going to listen to off J.J.'s uh, EP that he recently released. He says maybe re-release, whatever it was, you can go find it on <laughs> jjreed.mancamp.com. He um, remembered it better than me. See how this uh, sounds to you? I'm I've been loving it, and I've been uh, loving rock it to out it. Tony's porch. Rocking it out, yeah. Anyone <laughs> out in Tony's? You know, raise one up. We're gonna listen to some of JJ. <laughs> back live view from the hill i've been sitting down with my guest jj reed you can listen to the replay later at www.viewfromthehill.com jj did you i saw you brought your guitar with uh with you you got something live for us you're gonna you're gonna sit down and play
2: uh yeah i got a couple i'll uh i'll play one from the record the actual uh title track, Turning Blue, which I haven't played in a long time, but I relearned it yesterday, so let's see what happens, because I haven't played this record much live, but here we go. Let's see what happens.
1: go away I can't Dark and close like mine. I'm not like I was, and I'm here to stay. I lost my way, and I've got nothing more to say. If I still love you and all that you do, so put on your flying shoes like towns would do. It's sad. Say in turning blue, run away like you always do, cause it's sad. He'd
2: here oh i have to this one goes out to dj bardicus i have to tell i'm gonna tell him a bad joke i'm gonna tell hill this joke um so um what would the uh headless horseman use to drink his soda pop
0: i don't know what
2: a straw hat <laughs> Go ahead, try to make sense out of that one. That one goes out to DJ Barticus.
1: It's the hour of the star. You don't know where you are or from where you came, and if it's all the same, just lay. Getting closer to free No apologies Are you playing a part? Have you been from the start? Is there someone so Out there beating your heart If so, just let it be You're getting closer to free And no apologies And no Without the stars You are the light You are the night So just let it be You're getting closer No and No apologies Cause no one knows what happens in the end Do we die or does life just begin Cause all I know is when I all I-
2: That one's a new one. That'll be on the next record. Yeah,
0: that's a good one.
2: Uh, one more?
0: One more. I love it.
2: One more. All right. This one's Hey, Mr. Jellyman. Uh, I wrote this one when I lived in Nashville, and I couldn't really afford to do anything but eat cheap breakfast. And the crux of my day, I'd be reading like uh, classified ads, My crux of my day was if they had grape jelly. I knew I'd have decent prospects if they had grape jelly. If they didn't have grape jelly, it's like fucking strawberry. God damn it. But I ate the toast anyway. That's the moral of the story. So here's this one.
1: day. He
0: JJ it has been a fucking pleasure to have you on today. I loved hearing that last one especially getting to see live uh, what I've been listening to this whole week leading up to the show. That was that was that was really fun. I mean, that was about as up close and personal as I can get. I'm glad I got to. I'm I'm glad uh, you were able to make it to the show, my man. No, it's fun. It you. has been good. You've been listening to J.J. Reed on View from the Hill. You can listen to all past episodes and live at www.viewfromthehill.com. And you can listen to all the music we've been uh, listening to from J.J. at his bandcamp. camp, jjreed.bandcamp.com. Uh, and some other stuff that we haven't been playing. You can so There's a whole bunch of stuff up there, actually. SoundCloud, so MySpace,
2: all oh, the whole shebang. Just put my name next to it.
0: Just put it up there. Go listen to it. Look up J.J. Reed, Athens. You're going to pull up some good stuff. Reed.bankcamp.com. If you're listening to View from the Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com We're going to take you out with a couple more songs of J.J.'s that he did on that Spur EP. You heard one at the very beginning, a Double Barrel Shotgun. We're going to listen to three more. Uh, In the Woods, Wilson's Blues Bridge. You were saying that that was kind of inspired uh, during your time in uh, in Wilson. Yep. And uh, Floor to Keys, Floor to Keys. That's a really good one. I love that one, too. Mm -hmm. So this is from that Spur EP that we've been hearing. Three more from J.J. Reed. Thanks a lot, man.
2: Cool.